The opinions expressed on the ACB Media Network are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Well, good evening, everyone. We are so excited to have you all here tonight as we explore what the Derwood K. McDaniel Fund Committee uh, does for ACB. We have a terrific lineup of speakers, um, which are our committee members, that will be telling you um, some various things about what our committee does. Um, so, uh, without further ado, I will turn it over to uh, Believe Zelda Gebhardt. Good evening, everyone. This is Zelda, and I'm really pleased uh, to share some history about the Derwood K. McDaniel Fund Committee. It, it may sound like we're saying fun sometimes, and we do have a lot of fun, but it is fund, F-U-N-D, committee. Uh, the committee was established to honor the memory and the contributions um, of ACB pioneer Derwood K. McDaniel. And um, we annually select and, and award individuals with leadership development awards. And there's two different types of awards. The first uh, was the original one. It's the DKM First Timers Awards. Um, they were first given in 1996, uh, that was in the, when the committee was established, uh, we select two rising leaders, one from east and one from west of the Mississippi River. Uh, these individuals attend the National Conference and Convention for the first time as guests of the committee and of ACB. Um, there have been 62 recipients to date since that was first instituted. Now, the other award that we have the privilege of awarding uh, to individuals is the ACB J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows Award. It began in 2006, and, and it has continued since then. Um, thanks to the monetary support from J.P. Morgan Chase. Um, these leaders are selected to honor, um, to, to honor their leadership, the things that they're already doing, and to encourage continued leadership development in, in their journey. Um, they are also participants of the ACB Conference and Convention, and to date, there have been 43 recipients of this award. So that's that's us and the awards. Hi, everybody. My name is Melanie Sonoe, and I am here to introduce our committee. Um, most of us have been uh, previous recipients of either the DKM First Timer Award or the JP Morgan Chase Fellow uh, Leadership Award. Um, so I'm going to go down this list. And um, anybody that is here, if you would take a minute and um, share with us why you joined the committee and provide an update on your volunteer service uh, at various levels of the organization. 
so I will start with our chair, who is Kenneth Simeon Sr. from Beaumont, Texas, and he was our DKM first-time winner for the West in 2010. Kenneth? Thank you, Melanie. Yes, I enjoyed uh, being selected as a DKM first-timer in 2010. Um, to apply for that award, my affiliate president encouraged me to do so. I uh, didn't fully understand, you know, what all the requirements and all, but it was a great experience. Never forget, we were in Phoenix, Arizona, streaming. Uh, I was really hot out there, okay, steaming hot. And uh, But I really enjoyed it. Great experience. And from that time, I have not missed a convention because... Uh, I really became uh, engulfed into all the things that were happening. Initially, I said, wow, I've never been to a convention that would last this long. What are we going to do all this time? Well, when it came down to two, having two, day, two days left, I said, oh, I don't want to leave. Can we get a little bit more time? <laughs> and, uh, and I really did enjoy everything. But, uh, and there were required sessions that I had to attend as uh, some of our, as our recipients do today. Uh, I, think, I think some things were a little bit different back in 2010. And, uh, but it was a great experience. And uh, since then, I would say the next year I became, uh, I started by my local chapter, really. And then, and we've, this is our 14th year going, and uh, I became second vice president of ACB of Texas in 2011. And the very next year, not, not desiring to do so, but the opportunity came and I, I uh, ran for president. And so I ended up uh, being elected as president of ACB of Texas in 2011. 12 and served until 2018. Uh, and it's just been great serving on a number of committees, even on the national level. Uh, years ago, I served on the membership committee and I've served on um, uh, DCAM committee since 2012 myself and became chair in 2016. Uh, really have been a part of a number of our special interest affiliates that I was introduced to. So it's such a, an array of uh, things that you can get connected with just by becoming a member of ACB and showing up at the convention. And most people that go once want to come back again. So I'm just grateful to continue to be able to serve in a number of ways that and doors keep opening up for more and you have to say no to some things. Okay. But uh, it's exciting to be able to serve. Thanks, Melanie. Thanks, Kenneth. And next, I think Anthony popped in. Um, we've got Anthony Akamini from Honolulu, yes. Hawaii, who was a J.P. Morgan Chase recipient in 2017. Anthony, do you want to take a minute and introduce yourself? Anthony, you'll Thanks. need to. Oh, I you am here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyway, Anthony Akamini from Honolulu, Hawaii. And yeah, one of the reasons that I got really excited about becoming a member of the DCAM committee was after um, my convention experience and just just continuous um, involvement with um, my um, affiliate um, just learning different ways of um, um, mentoring people, just learning different ways of um, um, helping folks to grow in different ways. Um, what, one of the things that really, really I uh, found powerful about the um, DCAM committee was just the ability to um, help others to see their um, full potential, to resource them, to identify their giftings, and, you know, j just the ability just to watch folks um, grow and um, network a system and networking. So that was one 
one of the things that really just um, got me totally um, excited about the committee and as well as just being able to work with such a committee that has so many opportunities in so many different ways to develop yourself. Thanks, Anthony. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Donna Browning from uh, Alexandria, Virginia, and she was a JC, J, a, J, a JC, oh boy, a JP Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow in 2019. Yes, um, I was excited to receive that award. Uh, I did not see it coming. Um, I had friends to encourage me to do it. I had tried once before and didn't quite get there. But um, after a couple of years, I tried again from, from a lot of encouragement, especially from one of my best friends. And then bam, I got it. And um, I was interested, even when I didn't get the award, I was interested in the DK mm -hmm. committee. I was impressed by how organized it was. I was impressed by what it did. I loved the idea that it was giving people opportunity to stretch themselves and to um, become what you know bigger than they already were in what they how they could grow and um it, it just was so exciting for me um i um <clears throat> really enjoyed my time um the year that i got that award and went to convention i loved i i really liked advocacy boot camp that was a lot of fun um and since i have gotten the award and been on the committee i am also involved in several other committees nationally that was my goal when i went for the jp morgan award um so i am starting to work on new goals um and i'm just enjoying trying to grow in leadership and just enjoying being in acb and giving back because it gave so much to me thanks donna and next up is Zelda Gebhardt from Edgeley, North Dakota, and she is our committee's vice chair. Thanks, Mel. Um, I uh, was appointed to the committee in, in 2014, and I have thoroughly enjoyed all of the years that I've been on it. And, you know, it just, it's such a joy to, um, to meet and um, interview individuals from all over the nation and find out what they're doing in their lives and and in their leadership in their chapters in their states in their communities um you know it, it just i i thoroughly enjoy that and um 2014 kind of marked um my emergence in in national um the national organization um that's the year i joined the, uh, the auction committee and um, became more active. And since then, I've gone on to uh, run and, and been elected twice to the Board of Publications. I enjoy that. And, and I'm very active in a special interest affiliate, CCLVI, um, and, and in our state affiliate, where I have served as president and um, and past president and serve with the, the legislative and advocacy and 
constitution and bylaws and just just lots of fun stuff. I feel like the more we put into something, the more you get out. And I have not been a recipient of of either the first timers or the J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows. Um, I had already been to convention by the time I was on the committee. And so um, that ruled me out for the first timers. And after I was on the committee, I felt a little strange applying for the award. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I am awardless, but I am very pleased to be on this committee. And I, I really am pleased to serve alongside um, Kenneth. Um, he is definitely our chair and I just kind of fill in when necessary as vice chair, but it's, it's a great committee. And we have a fun job to do. And so I really think we should be the fun committee, not the fund committee, but anyhow. (laughs) All right. Uh, I agree. And always humble, Zelda. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Next up, uh, Betsy is not here, but Betsy Grenovich from Loganville, Georgia, is our secretary. And I know she's been on the committee for, for many years, always a very, very big asset to the committee. Uh, next up, though, who is here tonight is Amanda Selm from Louisville, Kentucky, and she was a J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellow in 2019. Thanks, Melanie, and thank you for saying Louisville like me. I appreciate I'm it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> We're learning. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have to educate everybody on how to say Louisville. It's not Louisville, it's Louisville. You swallow the eye. <laughs> Um, so, so my name is Amanda Selm, and like Melanie said, uh, I was a J.P. Morgan Chase uh, recipient in 2019, and I had so much fun with my experience um, at the convention. I loved all of the sessions that we were um, required to attend, including the advocacy boot camp. Donna Browning and I were actually in the same class of um, recipients and it was just it was so much fun um, and I asked Dan Spoon to serve on the committee because I at the time was building next gen with a team of people uh, we were working on you know building the affiliate we were a committee in ACB at the time and so part of um, so part of the uh, reason why uh, I asked to be on the committee was I wanted to help seek out the future leaders of ACB, whether they were next gen age or um, not at the time. And uh, I've loved it ever since. Um, This is my, I'm going into my fifth year and I love every bit of it. And um, I, I'm excited to continue on for, you know, a few more years to come and the fun, it is a fun committee. Um, I've, been blessed to work with Kenneth and Zelda and several others who have served as mentors and that's the fun part and getting to meet people through the interview process whether they're selected or not it's just it's just a really cool way to meet people and I I enjoy it um and so other roles in ACB so um I am the president of ACB Next Generation for about 15 more months sad um and I'm also was just recently appointed as the co-chair of the ACB walk committee so I get to work with Donna Browning there um, and then I am also serving as a guide in the ACB inspire program thanks Amanda 
And then um, bringing up the rear is me. <laughs> uh, so my name is Melanie Sanoe. I won uh, the DKM First Timers Award in 2005. Um, and the impact going to that convention made on me has, has fueled the last almost 20 years. Um, and I'd already been in the organization for 10 before it. Um, but joining the DKM committee, I, I went to Dan and I just had to give back. It was such an impactful experience to get in front of people. Um, you know, I've told people this for years, like you literally are in a line with people getting lunch. And these are those names that you've heard, right? These these icons and they're just, you know, just like you and me. And so the, the networking, the opportunities that opened um, are why I went to Dan and said, I have got to give back. I have, I need to be on this committee and I need to help pick those next, uh, those next recipients um, so that they can start their journeys. Uh, as far as ACB, um, gosh, all kinds of things, but currently I am the president of um, the Central Arizona chapter, which is in Phoenix. And uh, the state of Arizona, um, pick a convention committee. I'm on it other than national. <laughs> so uh, next gen CCLVI, Arizona. I think I'm honorary Oregon at this point. Um, uh, I'm on the employment committee for ACB and then um, anything publications. So for next gen um, publications for CCLVI publications, and that's, that's my current workload. <laughs> so um, that everyone is our 2024 uh, current committee. Uh, and I believe I am passing it on to Donna Browning. All righty. So we're gonna have introduction of our subcommittees. I'm gonna introduce the committees and then I will introduce the chair for each committee and they will tell you about their subcommittee. Um, first we have, the Convention Planning Subcommittee, and my computer's not cooperating, okay. And then we have our program, um, hold on. Oh, here we go. And we have the interview, and we have interview, and um, process enhancement uh, subcommittee, and we also have the Education Committee. All right, now for our chairs. Our first committee, we have Anthony Akamimi. Anthony, would you like to tell us about your subcommittee? Sure, Donna, thank you. So the Convention Planning Subcommittee, you know, we actually work um, several months be, um, actually, we work throughout the year um, planning, um, coming up with um, ideas of um, theme of the reception. We develop agendas and activities for the um, DKM first-timers, as well as the um, ACB, JP Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows Reception, and um, including activities to celebrate with 
the event theme. So a lot of it, you know, we, we take a lot of creativity, but we um, plan agendas um, even before the um, convention starts. We um, have a, um, when, once we um, determine who the um, winners are, the recipients, we have a Zoom meeting and um, we also have other meet and greet opportunities. So definitely a lot of planning, a lot of organizing and um, throughout the convention, um, we actually do a lot of work throughout the convention in terms of, um, you know, with um, building relationships and networking with many um, different um, groups in order to help make sure that the um, activities um, go through. Um, Donna. All right. Back to you. Thank you. All right. The next subcommittee is our Education and Awareness Subcommittee. The chair is Amanda Sum. Hi, everybody, once again. So um, the role and responsibility of the Education and Awareness Committee is to uh, provide opportunities for people to learn more about the DKM First Timers Award and the J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows Award. And so uh, what our committee's responsibility is, is planning um, some community events. That's part of it where uh, people can come and ask questions and we give a, some overviews. And, you know, sometimes we invite recipients to come back and speak. Uh, so we, we re out, <clears throat> excuse me, we reach out to the community we also reach out to uh, our affiliate presidents, both special interest and state affiliate presidents, so that they're aware of the process and answer any questions that they have. Uh, and then we also provide um, awareness about the award, more like PR almost, um, through the ACB Braille Forum, we uh, produced an ad last year. Thank you, Larry Gassman, for your assistance with that. Um, and uh, we play that on ACB Media. And then, um, again, it's just about getting the word out there. And then if there are any state or special interest affiliates that um, would like for the committee to come and do a short presentation about the awards and the requirements and all that. That is what our committee does. All Thanks, right. Donna. All right. Our next subcommittee will be the interview and process um, enhancement subcommittee. I'm on this one and I'm excited to tell you that our chair is Zelda Gephardt. Thanks, Donna. Um, yes. And and we do um, everything from application to selection, um, everything along the line. Um, we're in that process. And as you can tell, um, our subcommittees are kind of specialized, but our whole committee has input on 
each and every part of it. Um, you know, the committee does the legwork and they bring it back to the whole committee and we all, you know, give it our seal of approval. So what we do in the interview and process enhancement um, subcommittee is um, one of the, the things that we did um, most recently was um, to get a Google form um, application. And prior to that time, uh, we just had individuals who were applying write an application letter. And um, we thought we would try the form and it seemed to work out really well this last year. So we will um, make some enhancements and changes in it. Um, but we review and consider necessary revisions to uh, the interview questions, the interview process, um, and we consider revisions of uh, that may be needed to the guidelines and expectations. Yes, there are expectations. You don't just get an award for nothing. We expect, we have expectations of us and we uh, have expectations of the, the recipients also. So um, we put that all together and then the committee helps us fine tune it. And um, uh, I'm happy to say in the 10 years that I've been on the committee, uh, things have evolved and we have a, a much better process. I think we, we um, improve it each and every year. And that, that's our goal, uh, to make it a good experience for, for everyone, for the committee, for the applicants, and uh, all the ways. So uh, we have a great committee and, and uh, we have a fun job. So, All right. Thanks, Zelda. Mm -hmm. And next I'll introduce Kenneth. Okay, uh, I was going to start off by talking to you about some of our uh, criteria for serving, which will be I call service requirements, but I'm going to skip that for now and do that closer to the end. I uh, just want to tell you about, like, give you an overview of what we do. And this is some information I share with someone that may want to serve on the committee and before they are appointed. If they contact the president to let them know they want to serve by sending an email message saying that they're interested, they've thought about it, considered other committees, but this is the one they really want to serve on. They can write the president, uh, ACB president, um, and let that person let the president know. And then the president lets me know that this request has come in, and I schedule time to speak with one of those individuals to share this information I'm about to share with you now, so they can know what they're saying yes to before they actually are. Uh, uh, you know, accepted to serve on the committee. Uh, they receive information like this overview, and they also get a copy of our guidelines and expectations. We have committee uh, member uh, responsibilities. That's, that's a document that they will get to read and review and then get back with me after that, say, oh, after all this presentation here and other things that they are expected to read, then they let us know do they really want to serve and do they have the time? It's so important that we get people to serve and commit to uh, our calendar that we have. Uh, although I will tell you that we only meet eight months out of the 12 months, but we get a lot done in those eight within those eight months. Uh, we begin our, our award year, I would say plan for planning is in October. So during our next month uh, meeting, we'll begin to introduce the newly revised timeline for the upcoming year uh, that lists everything that we do on a monthly basis um, and 
some instances who does it. Sometimes we know it's the chair that does it, but mostly I try to put that in writing on that timeline so everyone could know who is doing it. And what we're doing so much with the subcommittees and everything that we do is succession planning. So whoever uh, takes over after I'm not the chair or any of the committee members leave the committee, there's still something in place for the next, the newer people to come in and um, they don't have to start from the beginning, uh, reinvent the wheel. We have a number of uh, things in place that we can we continue to update and make sure that they're ready to be passed on. And uh, we, I, I want to say now, I just really appreciate all the committee that serve uh, well and uh, just so grateful that you all have um, hung in there and stayed uh, for the years that you have. And I hope that you continue uh, until it's time for that next group to step up and, and uh, take the reins and run with it. So uh, I'm so grateful that we are working together. So uh, we meet when we don't meet on a monthly basis. There are times when like uh, uh, after we have our wrap up meeting in July, talking about what went well at the convention, what we may want to consider improving upon. Uh, we uh, take the month of August and September off uh, from meetings. And that's I call it our fall break. And then we have a holiday break in uh, November and December because our meetings are on the fourth Wednesday of each month. Uh, most of the time it falls right when Thanksgiving is taking place or right at uh, the holiday season, uh, sometimes right at Christmas time. So, uh, But there are times we do communicate in between meetings by our email list that we have designated. And when it's necessary to, to bring uh, things to uh, the attention of the committee or sometimes they want to make us aware of things and they'll post to that list. But uh, other than that, there are times we've had to call a special meeting uh, just to do certain things. Like uh, when we knew we would not be meeting in August and September, we still uh, determined it would be good for us to have these community meetings as we did one on the 9th of September and this one today uh, because it was necessary. We want to introduce uh, our committee work to the ACB and also for others who want to tune in to see what, are we, what do we really, really do and do they really want to consider serving with us. So uh, continuing on, at times we have uh, individuals who accept tasks when they're not on a subcommittee. It depends, as Zelda said it earlier, mostly everything that we do behind the scenes is brought out front to the whole committee and they get in, everybody gets in on making final decisions. So uh, there's some things that we just have in place through our guidelines and expectations. Everybody knows that's the way it's going to be. But I like the fact that we can conversate when we see that there's a need for change. And if we do have to change something, I would say, drastically from our guideline, uh, guidelines or um, expectations, the Board of Directors of, of AACB has had to approve those uh, major changes that we have made. Uh, some changes came because of COVID uh, and we had to change some of our language. So we presented it to the ACB board and uh, they voted to adopt those changes. So uh, I like that we all work together as one big team. Okay, so our meetings, what's, what's most important is that we meet at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, for those people who are on the Eastern uh, time zone, we really want them to know that we respect their time. So my plan has been to keep our meetings at an hour. There are times when it has gone over for uh, specific times and everybody uh, understands that. And it almost went over to, during our last, well over our last meeting we had in July, but we decided to just go ahead and, uh, you know, 
stop because after a while you have to consider people have to get up early the next morning, but also uh, you can only do so much in one evening. So we will normally talk about other things on the list or schedule another meeting or bring it up the next month. So we want people to know that we meet that late for the Eastern time uh, in order to uh, include those who may serve from uh, Hawaii or even the Pacific Pacific time zone uh, to include some people from all of those areas. Uh, it's so important. Uh, Anthony really sacrifices it because no matter what time we meet, it's still during his work hour or right after his work time uh, is uh, ending. But he sacrifices and joins in. And that's one time a month. So anybody willing to serve, we want to ask them to really commit to joining us every month. And we understand when you have to go out of town or something uh, comes up. Uh, but we want people to demonstrate a commitment to serve. And uh, in addition to what the subcommittees do, they have uh, with us, they actually have their own independent meetings and uh, work together and uh, present a report before we meet and then give a brief overview during our meeting. We're using the L10 format. It's called Level 10, and it normally keeps us on track uh, to stay within one hour. I won't go into all those details, but it's a format that a number of ACB committees are using. Uh, some people don't really like it, but if you want to stay on time and you have some structure in place, you can respect everybody's time and make sure you're staying within that hour. Um, and if it's something very important, the committee really will, will consider staying on a little bit longer if necessary. But for the most part, we can end those meetings in one hour and, uh, and give everybody a chance to get the rest they need and come back the next time. We ask every committee member to keep um, information confidential, any communication with an, uh, an applicant or a recipient. Uh, the things that we discuss during our meetings, they are confidential. Uh, during the time we have interviews in mid-April for those who apply uh, for the awards, we have a 30-minute interview and uh, those are recorded now uh, since a few, a few years ago. And each committee member gets to listen to those and, and help to determine what score they will give an applicant uh, to be considered for a recipient, to be a recipient. And so it's important that we pe have people to keep all that information confidential, the recordings they listen to. We ask everybody just to never share that with anyone outside of the committee. Uh, even if it's a close friend, it's, this is information that's designated for us and, and uh, us only. And there are some leaders uh, that access can access our information within ACB, our president, uh, executive director, things like that. But other than that, we, we know that those people who have access to this information will uh, keep it confidential. Uh, I mentioned about succession planning, and I won't go into much more detail about that, but I normally like to tell people when they're beginning to serve, there are certain documents we have. And what I want to do again real soon is even share the document where I have um, committee chair responsibilities. I think every committee member should have access to that, review it periodically, and uh, consider maybe they, they may be the next chair. Uh, but also just to know what the chair is doing. It's a good thing to be able to refer to that, even though you might refer to the committee member responsibilities list, which you have your own long list. And so we have a lot of work that we do behind the scenes, too, uh, in order to keep the members uh, of our committee informed. 
uh, I started a DKM Informer newsletter. And normally those things that are put out from the DKM Informer is those things that take place uh, behind the scenes, between meetings. And maybe it's something I had to uh, go to the president of ACB, our executive director about, or Janet Dickerman, our conference convention coordinator, and bring some information back to the committee, uh, things like that. And some things just happen. They they may be made aware of uh, a request that came through that we never had before. Uh, just certain things come up. Also want to remind them about different things that we are expected to do. Uh, and sometimes we need their input on. So, uh, it's uh, important that we continue to uh, work together to just continue to devise things that may make the committee work better. We want uh, all of our committee members to know that during that interview week, that uh, er during the timeline that they will get in October, it talks about the specific dates that we ask everybody to be available, but everybody has uh, the time in March during our monthly meeting to go ahead and, and let us all know as a committee if you will not be able to be available any of those nights because according to the number of applicants we receive the chair has to schedule interviews and the chair needs to know who will be available to uh, conduct those or perform those interviews and one thing we do when somebody's on the committee for the first time we we practice allowing them to witness an interview before they actually have to perform one now there were people that came on this committee said hey i can do this i've done interviews before i served on the scholarship committee they did those and i've served on other committees i might do it in my affiliate so i'm okay with this so okay all right we'll let you uh, go ahead and do that but for those who really want to witness how an interview uh is conducted we want to give them that fair opportunity to witness it before they have to do it and those interview questions are designated every committee member gets access to those and uh zelda's subcommittee works to enhance those questions from time to time we've noticed that well maybe this should be reworded if we find out that somebody's not uh, a number of uh, applicants are not responding well to a question that may tell us it's time for us to reword that question or even consider excluding it and adding another one in. Uh, so normally those uh, interviews take place uh, for uh, within 30 minutes. Sometimes they've lasted 20 minutes because if that person flows well with those, uh, the responses that they're uh, expected to give, uh, things move a little bit faster. But we also open time up at the end of that interview for them to ask us questions. So it's not just a lecture. Uh, they get to, we share information back and forth. And a lot of times after that presentation is made, we have very few questions, but uh, we also have something that comes up before the uh, selections are made during our uh, meeting in April. Uh, or we meet on the fourth Wednesday, as I stated before. And during that night in April, that's when we bring, we come together and uh, uh, our committee members present their scores. As chair, I don't. Uh, uh, submit scores. Uh, I do listen to the recordings and I, I do, I, I don't participate in those interviews unless there's a need for me to do so. And there's been times when we had to do it. Uh, everybody on the team had to do it because um, one year we had so many applicants, I think it was 48 of them uh, that turned into a double amount of applications and letters of recommendation received from state and special interest affiliate uh presidents. And that's something that's required. Zelda mentioned the online application. Uh, everyone has to complete that. If they have problems, we have support available for them. And then we ask uh, them to get their affiliate president to submit a letter in writing to us telling about uh, 
what they have witnessed, the president has witnessed in, in regard to their leadership potential. So the president may want to put a letter together explaining some of the, how hard that person has worked in their affiliate and things like that. Uh, we also really try to help our affiliate presidents. We have uh, developed a, a reference guide for our affiliates, uh, affiliate presidents to read, and we've made presentations of that document uh, and hope that our presidents will know that you're not required to write a letter for someone that requests it if they're if they don't meet the criteria so it's important that the affiliate presidents know the criteria that's uh, that needs to be met um, also we ask that affiliate president if you're going to write a letter uh please do not submit similar information uh that the applicant has submitted because uh, it it really doesn't help us out if you're going to say to use the same words that the applicant used to apply we we really need to hear from the affiliate president about something that they really know about that member and why we should strongly consider giving that person an award and some of our presidents have written some positive uh, impactful letters too uh, and that helps us to make our decisions. So uh, I'm going to ask Zelda just quickly if she wants to talk about the scoring that that's based on uh, through our interview process and the document that we have those questions. Would you share some of that, Zelda? Okay. Um, yes, we we have, um, and I can't tell you exactly. It's it's been a while since I've seen the scorecard, but um, we will be reviewing that soon our our subcommittee and um a certain amount of points is based on the letters the the documents the application and the letter of recommendation from the president and there's um there's a certain amount of points that is based on the interview itself and and um the answers that that came from that and we like to um have you know some people present themselves better in writing and some people present themselves better in uh, you know in the, verbally in the interview process and so we think it is a good idea to kind of put almost equal value on each um, because um, being better at one isn't necessarily just better it's just the way you are and um, we we have opportunities to express ourselves in and communicate in writing as well as as verbally and so both are very important in our leaders so i don't know if that's what you wanted me to to uh, um yes take in. very good and then that way we're all as committee members uh when we're scoring um, we have um, so many points out of so many points, you know, say one to 10 for this and one to 10 for that or whatever. And, and we're kind of on the same wavelength or closer together, um, you know, to, to being, um, to being on the, on the same, on the same wave. So it helps. Yes. Yes, I like the fact that we've done that in the scoring process at the times that we, that night, that meeting of decision making. We normally would have we've been on there for hours at times. But what we're doing now has um, slim lined that and our processes have changed within the past two years where uh, the first year I did it as chair and Zelda did it this past year or this year, really earlier this year. Well, we just uh, accept those scores from each 
a team member and plug those in and we have a spreadsheet that actually totals and divides and that actually places everyone in in an order where we could see from the highest score to the lowest uh and no nobody knows how it's going to all turn out everybody comes and give the score of they want to give somebody a 10 or a 5 whatever it may be according to uh what they chose to do because of the interview uh application or anything like that uh those scores add up and but nobody knows uh how everything's going to turn out so it's neat the way it does and a lot of times it falls right in place the way it should uh mm -hmm. when those scores come in and uh so we just plug those things in and we we will definitely miss kelly gask uh, because she was a just a total help to us to our committee for years and uh but zelda we'll be talking about that uh continuing on where we okay. started for the past year and everything Sounds great. And yeah. and as Kenth and Kenneth has mentioned, um, we have started recording um, our interviews, and that's that's so that each each committee member, whether they're on the interview team that's involved in the interview or not, has access to the information that was shared uh, during that interview. Um, prior to us recording them, um, we just the interview team would have to report back to the committee and and sometimes it lost a little something in the translation so um it's i think much more fair and objective um doing it with the recording each and every member has a chance and you get to score it as as you listen to it whether you were involved in the interview or not yeah, no, that's it helped us so much because in the past we had every every interview team coming to that night of decision making to give their own thoughts about this individual who applied, and you you can only go by what the words that they chose to use on that night. And so now it's much better when each committee member gets to listen to that interview, make some notes from that interview, and help them to score their person fairly. So it's been working very well. And um, so just continue on. One other thing I want to mention of how I keep uh, the committee informed is making sure that when I send information out to the applicants, once they've applied, uh, to keep them informed about the process that's taking place behind the scenes while they have to wait a few weeks. Um, the committee always receives a carbon copy of those messages. So, you know, it saves time instead of having to go back and let them know and remember to tell them this or that. They all get a copy of that and it's up to them to, to review those messages when they receive it. And uh, and then we can also discuss behind the scenes if they notice something that should have been added or possibly excluded. So uh, that's a good thing. Uh, and, and this so is your right fifteen after... minute time check. Okay. Wow. Okay. Sorry to interrupt. Let me just say a... no. That's okay. Let me say a little bit more. Then we're going to go to asking questions, allowing questions. Uh, right after those, everyone, the, the applicants are selected on a, during that award decision making call. Uh, we have. Uh, communication going on by email, notifying those people. But our executive director and ACB president selects uh, from a list of a top 10 of those who applied for a Leadership Fellows Award. We don't make that decision. The ACB president and exec executive director chooses five recipients for that award. The committee determines who receives the DCAM First Timers Awards. But shortly after that, during the second Monday, on the second Monday of May, before pre-registration begins, we have a Planning for Success informational meeting for those who have been selected. And Janet Dickerman, our convention coordinator, joins us for that call. And our 
committee members are there to present and then allow them to ask questions. And we uh, then right after that, we are sharing a schedule of events with them that they have to agree to to participate in during the convention. And they always have the door open to reach out to us with other, other questions. And then each committee member has an opportunity to mentor one of those one or more sometimes of those uh, recipients in order to make sure that they have they're connected to someone to keep them informed during the convention and have someone to go to in addition to the chair. Uh, so let's stop there and we'll go ahead and ask if we have any uh, hands that may want to be raised for any questions for us. Yes, we have Jane. Jane, you may unmute. Hello, am I the right Jane? Because I know there's yes. several Janes. Okay, thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Jane Perry, your Cape Cod Connection from Falmouth, Massachusetts. This was a nice Hello. presentation, but I have some questions as someone who might be interested in applying for these awards. Does the applicant get a list of the questions they're going to ask in the interview? That's the first question. No. Second question is, I lost my train of thought. Second question is, you look at things that they have done outside of ACB as far as leadership. And I guess my last question is, what are you looking for expectations in that person? Okay, there's, that's a lot that we may not be able to answer all, right? I'll give you a great quick overview. Uh, we really uh, want to make sure that, and Jill, to help me out, because I may I may forget something that was said with three, three questions back to back, but we definitely uh, don't pass out the uh, interview questions in advance. Uh, we'll let you know, I'll give you uh, an applicant some tips on how to prepare for their interview, but the main thing is reading the article that comes out in January for, for the DCAM first timers in our ACB Braille form, and in February for the leadership fellows in the e-forum. That article tells you so much about what's expected of you and what you would be agreeing to if you applied for the award. So I encourage everybody to read that that uh, letter, that announcement that goes out. Because it, it, And I always tell people to go back to it even after you may have been selected because you may have questions and answers are still within that very announcement that goes out. Uh, so I ask everybody to stay tuned for that because that's going to be start. we start giving out, we start accepting applications on January 1st and those uh, that publication will come out normally uh, Sharon puts it out at the latter part of December for January so that's what I ask you to stay tuned for to get all those details about what's expected um, and what you'll be given uh, but we want everybody to know that it is a leadership development award as Zelda said earlier some people have actually applied just to be able to go to convention and did not want to commit to participating in the leadership de development sessions that are assigned to them so, uh, Zelda, help me out. Was there something else that okay. you could help me reply to? No, I, th I think you answered the first one. The The second question, um, you know, I, I think that that absolutely the things that you do as a person, whether it's in your community and your church, you know, um, you know, in, in your chapter, in your state, all of that counts. It doesn't have to just be with national ACB. Um, and we, 
look for different things for the first timers than we do for the leadership fellows. The first timers, we look for potential leadership. We want to see some documentation of what they have done, but we, we want to see um, potential um, for, you know, we don't expect them to be a mature leader um, as a first timer because they've not even been to national. Um, and now for leadership, um, J.P. Morgan Chase Leadership Fellows, we we really do want to see some, um, you know, a pretty good list of, of what you have done. Um, maybe you have been a leader in, at National, you know, in the past, and you may be taken off some time because of career or family or something or other, and you want to get involved again. Um, that all counts. And, and uh, so we're looking for different things for the different awards. I don't know if that answers your question or not. And we definitely want uh, everyone to uh, really strongly consider uh, if you just joined ACB, you, you may have a better chance at, at being a, a recipient of the award if you were a member a little bit longer than uh, because we have had people to just apply. They just uh, joined ACB and applied. So, But if we have other candidates that have been around for a while, have never attended, and they have done some things, they may have a better opportunity. So when you uh, first join, we're uh, letting you know it's not just to get your, uh, your way paid to convention, but we ask you to really learn about ACB, what you're a part of, and, and that prompts you to desire to know more. And that's what the that's where leadership development comes in when you you're you're striving for more and you want to uh even improve your, your own own self, uh your personal life, and then you connect that with uh, the things that you want to do for the organization. Any other questions? Okay, thank, thank you. Answer my question. So if a person applies, you can add you can add in your past leadership issues mm -hmm. or things that you've been involved with. It doesn't have to be Present. Yes, and right. and you will see that in the uh, when the announcement comes out, it actually tells you different okay. things that you should have included in your uh, application. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. There are no other raised hands at this time. Okay. Jane had some good questions. <laughs> yes, three three questions. Yeah. So, okay. So let's talk a little bit about the requirements if you're thinking about serving. The first thing we would hope that uh, anyone wanted to, to serve on this committee, we really need you to know that we work and we need some workers. We really don't need anyone to say, I wanna be on the committee, just to say they're on the committee. So the first thing is, passion, having a passion to serve and a passion to make a difference in the lives of others, especially those members who are trying to learn and grow. Uh, that's a positive thing. And I think that's what keeps us, a uh, number of us on the committee because we have a passion to serve and we have a passion to help uh, make a positive impact on the lives of those uh, members in ACB who want to learn and grow. Okay, uh, something else that might be very help helpful is tech some technical skills, knowing how to use your computer, even accessing documents. Some people said, I, I don't know how, I don't have Word, Microsoft Word. Uh, can I get the information in a different way? We'll, we'll help to accommodate, but we really in, we impress upon uh, all, all of our committee members to try your best to be aware of these basic things that we you may be asked to do because technology is advancing and, and, and we're all volunteers as well. Well, and we want to make sure that everybody is able to participate fairly and 
join in. So uh, things like uh, other te technology, we want we have a Dropbox folder where we put documents in. We have the interviews going in that folder, and that's where you'll go to find those and listen to them. We have alternatives where we want. We really hope that people would begin to learn, uh, like things like how to use Dropbox, uh, Open uh, Drive. Is it called Open Drive? My mind just went blank. Uh, uh, but there are several of those platforms that uh, you can uh, save uh, documents to and, and other files that you, everybody can get to once you give them permission to have access to that folder. And uh, so some of these things we want to we'll be talking about. And at times, uh, some people, because we have a Google form uh, for our application, some people say that they've had problems with, with those. It'd be good to kind of become familiar with some of what Google offers because they have Google Docs that it compares to Microsoft Word and uh, Google Sheets that compares to Excel. And uh, at times we're using Excel, but right now that's only been mainly uh, the chair and the vice chair so far with our uh, award determination night, putting in those scores. Okay. And any tech technical uh, skills you have that you can help us with, you can help us to advance as well. So that's a good thing. Anybody that likes to do some of those things. Uh, we want you to be able to have communication skills where you really consider other people tuning into what they're saying. And uh, sometimes not just what they're saying and how it's being said and be able to work with the applicants, uh, even through the interview process. Uh, and you never know what uh, even being a mentor, how you may have to communicate with one of our recipients. It's good to be able to uh, communicate effectively and respectfully, really. So uh, we want everyone to be able to that serves to be able to uh, grasp like con leadership concepts and know that we want to be fair when we make selections and uh, and keep everything confidential. I said before, uh, some of those things are important as you serve and be able to work well with others. I mean, sometimes we have different opinions. We have to learn. Sometimes we have to step back and say, okay, uh, I'm not the only one with an idea or the best idea. So we work and we choose by voting. Uh, we make uh, a choice by majority. And that's the way we're going to go with it when we just uh, have different opinions about different things. So, but it's good to be able to work well with others, be willing to listen and and uh, give others a chance to speak uh, because sometimes they, they may have that working idea that we should have uh, really considered to adopt. Okay, I think our time is up. Uh, but you, if anybody wants to consider serving, you have questions, you can reach out uh, to me. Um, now, I'm not sure if, I, uh, if I'm if i able to give my email address here or not. Right now, I forgot some of those guidelines. But uh, Is it an I, ACB email address? Uh, no, it's not. Neither okay, then go ahead. Just direct people to community at acb.org. Okay, good. So you, if you have a, uh, want to reach me, Kenneth Simeon, the chair of the Derwick K. McDaniel Fund Committee, you can write, send an email to community at acb.org, and uh, they will put you in contact with me if you have further questions about serving or anything about our committee. Okay. Committee, do you have any other thing you want to say? One last comment? Yes. Um, so um, we are so excited that we were able to present to you tonight. We hope that this information is what you're looking for. Uh, and if you're interested at all in joining our committee, please let Deb know. And um, she will let Kenneth know uh, if she feels you're going to be a, a good match. Um, 
we would be excited to have you with us. We work hard, we play hard, and we award hard. It is so much fun when we give her the award, uh, but it's a lot of work to get to that point, but it's well worth it in the end. So come join us if you'd like. Thanks, Donna. Okay, that concludes our presentation. Good evening, everyone.